0: Hi, everyone. And thank you for coming to the Markeisha Hall podcast. I'm your host, Markeisha Hall. I'm an IEP coach, parent empowerment partner and certified autism travel professional. And today we have a very special guest with us, Ellie. I'm going to let her introduce herself and then we're just going to get into
1: um, while we're here today. Yeah, Markeisha, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk today. Um, as you said, I'm zero. Um, I live in St. Louis, Missouri with my three kiddos. I have um, two daughters, Rosalie is four and a half, Leonie is almost three, and my son Finn, um, who came to our family with the help of the National Down Syndrome Adoption Network, is 18 months old, so they keep me pretty busy, um, but busy. In a, <laughs> yeah, very busy, um, and in addition to staying home with them full-time, uh, over the past year, I have written and published a children's book which we'll talk about a little bit later I'm sure but um, that's kind of the most basic info about me.
0: So would you say the book is your pandemic
1: baby? Is that what it's called? Yes I did call it (laughs) I did call it my (laughs) pandemic baby because it was like um, I actually wrote the words for it uh, at the very end of February while my son Finn was in the hospital um, and didn't know. I mean there was like talk of a pandemic over in China, but didn't really know whether or not it was going to end up in America. And so very shortly after things shut down, and that's when I really started work on the book. And so basically, during most of 2020, that's what I was working on, um, just as we were at home and quarantining and all that good stuff.
0: I also want to we we found out in, that we had in common that we both had adopted, um, which we didn't know. I think we were just following each other for different. Yeah, for different reasons. We we're like, oh, you adopted also. I adopted yes. also. <laughs> um, and you mentioned the network. What was it? A
1: uh... yeah. Um, so we adopted through the National Down Syndrome Adoption Network. Okay, I'm going That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, they're an organization. They. Um, They might do a little bit like with Canada, but primarily they just work in the United States and basically they advocate for children who are available to be adopted through foster care who have Down Mm -hmm. syndrome throughout the United States. And then they also, if um, a mother finds out that she's expecting a baby and she gets a prenatal diagnosis of Mm -hmm. Down syndrome or if she's just had a baby and gets a birth diagnosis of Down syndrome and decides that she wants to make an adoption plan, typically she'll reach out to the National Down Syndrome Adoption Network. They come right up when you Google Down Syndrome Adoption, which is how we okay. found them. And um, and yeah, they're able to place um, babies and children with families um, who will, you know, love That's and great. cherish
0: this kiddo. I love that so much. It is, I um, mean, if you guys have a heart or you just didn't even know that that was a, a thing or you haven't thought about fostering or to adopt, I am a proponent of course that's how we got yes. our fourth baby um well he's a big boy now he doesn't yeah. want me to be a baby anymore he's oh six. no
1: <laughs> so
0: he's almost seven and when he turns seven he said he gets to not wear his shirt like his older brothers so oh it, it put in my place that he's officially not a baby anymore but oh, my definitely kiddos out there that could um that could be waiting to be in your home yeah
1: time. definitely you should have a whole
0: separate one about. about <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's how I actually found. Actually, that's how I found your account because the, um, Mr. Fincredible is the the baby um, Mr. Finney. Mr. Finney. Yes, account. Mr. Finney.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> I was like, who is this little little munchkin with this cuteness? so cuteness? <laughs> like I feel like. I've watched him grow up this, during the pandemic. I know, I know. It's like
1: he really has grown up over the past year so he much.
0: Has so many things, and his sisters are so great with him. So I could talk about the, the babies all day uh, <laughs> long. I want to talk about your book um, and the premise of it. How did you come up with the ideas? Uh, the idea for it. Where did this start and and tell us about Image Bearer?
1: Yeah. So um the book is called Image Bearer and it's a children's book for um, young children and it's really designed to help families at home talk to their kids and introduce their kids to various disabilities and visible differences. And and cool. it does that through a biblical lens. So it is a mm-hmm. book that um you know, everything it talks about is through that lens of, you know, a biblical worldview. So um, I didn't really ever plan to write this book. Um, But as I said earlier, one night I was in the hospital with Finn. We'd been in the ICU for several weeks. Um, We didn't really see any end in sight. He was not able to breathe without support. He was not able to eat safely. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just didn't really see any way we were going to be able to go home. I was separated from my husband and the girls and just feeling really down. It was really hard time. Um, And one night I just was feeling really discouraged and just feeling like, uh, just very aware of the fact that the world did not value Finn's life as much as I valued it and as much as God values it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I knew that the world and, you know, just other people would look at him and think, well, I'd even heard, you know, or seen people make comments that, you know, because he had Down syndrome that he was a burden on society or, you know, because he was in the hospital, he was a burden on society. And so Mm -hmm. just felt so aware of that reality. And Mm -hmm. I felt like in that just time of discouragement, God really met me and reminded me of um, Genesis 127, which says that God made man and woman in his image. And I just felt like, that's how we know like that's how I know that Finn's life is just as valuable at anyone else's like he can't eat right now he can't breathe on his own right now but He is made in the image of God, and that means that he has so much value, so much worth. And I just felt like, Man, why wasn't I taught this when I was in Sunday school? Like, how come we never talked about disabilities? Um, you know, even growing up, every once in a while it would come up, but I didn't really know anyone who had a disability when I was a kid, didn't have any family members with disabilities, and so, um. You know, it's just not something I knew a whole lot about. And I just felt in that moment like, I want kids to know about Finn and I want kids to know that his life is important and he's valuable to God. And so, um, just inspired by that verse, I wrote down kind of like a poem because the book does rhyme. Um, Mm -hmm. And just felt like, man, is this something that I could actually do? Like, could I actually create this resource? So I sent it to like some family members and some friends and just said like, Hey, what do you think about this? And the feedback people were really excited about it. And so I was like, all right, let's just, let's see what we can do. And so I got connected with um, an illustrator and um, just over the course of a year, it was almost exactly a year from the time I wrote it. to when the books were delivered uh, to my hometown um, that, that the book, uh, it became a physical book, so that's kind of the backstory of it.
0: That is so amazing um, to take a, a thought that you had, an idea, and to see a physical uh, manifestation of it as a whole, a whole book. Yeah, and what exciting. I really love about the the book and and the website, um, not the web, Oh well, yes, the website and really the Instagram page is that it's. Disabilities that aren't just um, the ones that people typically see. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's, we're talking about um, different feed, feeding differences and limb mm-hmm. differences. And to me, I was saying earlier that that's beautiful to see because those are some of the students that I used to teach um, in my setting. Yeah. And um, that you see them smiling and they have, there's family and uh, friends and siblings and. Um, different activities that they love to do. And I think that that is what I feel is so beautiful because as you know, um, raising a child with a disability is that it's not only that, right? There's moments that they have with their siblings, there's moments that they're just being an 18-month-old or a Mm -hmm. six-year-old and you're just like, did you just, you know, know, it's times that they're, first of all, they are just kids. Right, But in, in everything, you know, I, I feel like um, some families that do not, are not raising a child or not have one in their family, that they just think that that's just all the focus all the time. Yeah. Sometimes it's just funny stuff. <laughs> Sometimes yes. it's just kid stuff or just parent stuff and you have to give them the mom look or st- and st- <laughs> things like that, right?
1: Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. They're just yeah. like. They're just kids. And so um, you mentioned like showing feeding tubes and some of the disabilities that we don't typically see. Um, That was one of the things that was really important to me when writing the book because Honestly, until we started, like, pursuing Down syndrome adoption and really researching Down syndrome and everything that can come with it, I didn't know about feeding tubes. Like, I had Mm -hmm. never known anyone who had a feeding tube. And so I thought that, you know, the only people who had feeding tubes were in hospitals, you know, maybe on life support, that type of thing. I didn't realize that there were just people walking around with feeding tubes. And so I thought, man, if I didn't even know about this as, you know, a 20-something-year-old woman, you know – surely, there's other people out there who don't realize or don't know anything about feeding tubes and how are they going to teach their kids? Like how are they going to introduce their kids to to that type of a difference? Um, And so, you know, the only way the kids are going to know is if their parents know and how can we create a resource that will equip parents to be able to introduce those types of things to their kids. And so um, it was really important to me to be able to, in the book, represent as many different types of uh, like diagnoses and differences as I could reasonably fit into the book. And then also lots of different equipment that kids use because... um, up until I wrote the book, I'd never seen, you know, I'd never seen a book that had a kid with a feeding tube in it. So Finn right. had a feeding tube, um, actually. Mm-hmm. And so that was really important for me to to have that in the book.
0: I I mean, I keep on saying that. I wish I had other words than I love it, but <laughs> I, do, I do love it. I think that that a lot of a lot of um families, including myself, and I know that you refer to that also, um, I didn't know prior to being a special education teacher about these, these kiddos. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just didn't know. I mean, yeah. my heart was like, okay, I just didn't right. know. And I want to believe that the more books there are like yours and the more conversations that we have and the more families that are comfortable sharing those types of things, that there'll be more people um, like ourselves. who is was like, Oh, I just didn't know. Now I know mm-hmm. what, what can we, what can we do? How can we be more inclusive in our communities and at our schools? And how can we bring those families in so they're not feeling alone or left out? Or um, it also gives you a a talking point. I don't know if you've run across this, but some people just don't know the questions to ask or who should ask or should Uh, ask. I did a post about that, but that happens a lot to me. Also, in my DMs, like, how did you feel? Like, how did you know he was going to talk? He yeah. was not um, non-speaking until he was four and a half, so he hasn't been talking that long. Yeah, now he's taking our ears off. <laughs> um, but it wasn't out of a mean place. Some people are being out of a mean-spirited place, but some people are just don't know how to approach it and how to um, seem interested in what's going mm-hmm. on and how to best communicate that. So this is a great tool to to, to, to be able to utilize and mm-hmm. open up that conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really encourage families to like start at home. Like that was the post I think you were talking mm-hmm. about is have these conversations at home when you're in like the safe space, your kids are familiar with, you know, using children's books. It doesn't have to be image bearer. It can be, you know, there's tons out there, but yeah. using children's books, make it, makes it such a a non-threatening way to bring this topic up to your kids. And the reason I think it's so important is you know, my family was at the park a couple weekends ago, it was a nice day. And there were several people out at the park. And on the same day, you know, the same time we met a girl who had Down syndrome, Mm -hmm. um, a boy who had autism and a another girl who had dwarfism. And so, um, you know, your kids, it's not a matter of like, if like, will they ever meet someone who, you know, has a visible difference? It's like, no, it's not. It's when like, Mm -hmm. it's going Mm -hmm. to happen. And if we don't, prepare our kids for that encounter they are you know either going to be really shy or scared and not feel safe or comfortable going up and initiating friendship with that child who has a visible difference or you have I kind of have um one of each like Rosalie I think her her natural demeanor is she would be a little bit more like standoffish and kind of observed and my Leone, my middle kid, I call her a loud observer. Like she'll just make a really loud comment that, you know, is like embarrassing to us as parents, yes. but it comes from such an innocent place. Like she's right. trying to figure out her world. And so if she sees someone that looks different than her, she's going to make a comment or ask a really loud question about it. And, you know, you kind of can avoid those scenarios um, or right. at least prepare your kids for those scenarios by by having these conversations at home. And so um, that's, you know, another goal of Imageberry is just uh, giving parents a tool because it has yes. little you know comments in the footnotes like um you know Ivy's using a G tube that's a feeding mm-hmm. tube that brings food directly to her stomach you know cuz you know I know there's parents out there who they don't know what a feeding tube is they don't <laughs> know what a trach is or an AAC device is and right. so I tried to make the book not just like to help kids learn but also to help the parents learn because they have yes. to know kind of the basics to have these conversations
0: right i I'm saying I love it again, but I do (laughs) Um, because it is so true. And I like that you do give those footnotes so that they don't have to like Google and be like, well, what what is this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are they talking about? So they'll be able to reference it right there and be able to start those conversations at home and be able to um, take it into the community. Because I'm seeing more from when I was in the classroom and definitely from when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um I'm still t- I'm 27 now. <laughs> um just more um inclusion, more families um feeling um comfortable being um out and about in the community. Yeah. Um and so we want to give them the words and the words yeah. things to things to say. So yeah. it's not as like, what is that? even though I wouldn't feel I would feel fine saying like, what is that? but a lot of families, mm-hmm. I remember guys in the classroom that they are like, we don't go out because yeah. we don't want to deal with the staring or mm-hmm. the the questions or the like sad look,
1: yeah. You know? yeah
0: like um, and so like giving other people a way to to comment comment, and I always say they're a child first. So mm-hmm. that's the first question. Like, well, my um, cousin or whatever, my DMs, I'm sure you get that too. It, they have a child that just got do- diagnosed with autism. What mm-hmm. should I say to them? What should I do? And I was like, what would you have done before? Do that same thing. Like they yeah. want to talk to you about their child and mm-hmm. the new things that they are doing, right? As yeah. opposed to always, because they are a kid. There's some things that they're Going to have um, need assistance with, but there's mm-hmm. things that they do that they just want to tell somebody, you know what? The other day, Josiah was <laughs> in the just pulling the grass and, <laughs> in hand, and we had just planted that grass and we were, now there's a, oh, no. you know, <laughs> in the grass, you know, everything's just some things are just like, you know, you know, you know what? This yeah. is what he did, it had nothing to do with. Um, his autism just had to do with him exploring, sometimes right. or not liking the food. Like we don't yeah. always like everything, or not wanting to say anything to anybody. Not just because he couldn't; he just didn't feel like it. Yeah, some um, of those things are um, just great to start conversations with, just within family members too. Because mm-hmm. I don't definitely if, uh, ran into that with some of the families that you probably are in contact with now that. their their own family members, not just we're talking about the communities, but when you're talking about starting at home, there's Mm -hmm. family members that have their own um, misconceptions about different diagnoses and just giving them the tools to be able to do that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think definitely what you said about Like every kid is just a kid first. You know, I just think about like as a parent, what makes me feel so loved is when I see people who love my kids and take interest in my kids and, you know, want to play with my kids and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And so it's the same with, you know, our kids who have different diagnoses or disabilities. We just want people to like love them and take interest in them. And Mm -hmm. I know, you know, for us, we definitely had to like – kind of teach our family about like I keep going back to Finn's g-tube but that was kind of the big thing is he had this feeding tube and so to to like tell our families, like, it's not going to fall out, it's Mm -hmm. not going to leak on you, because I don't blame them, you know, he had this feeding tube that Mm -hmm. was a direct line to his stomach, and, you know, they might have felt scared, like, can I pick him up, am I going to hurt him, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't come from a bad place, it just comes from unfamiliarity, not wanting to do the wrong thing, I think that's how most people are, is they just, they don't want to do the wrong thing, and so, you know, we definitely had to just take the time to be like, hey, this is how it works, it's not going to fall out. Right. it's not going to get on you. Like it stays closed, all that kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. You have to, you have to have those conversations with your family. just like yeah. you do, you know, with your kids and everything else.
0: Right. I know that's a big, a, a, a very big deal for a lot of, No, um, I don't want to say first time parents, but a lot of parents have those questions. Like, what do I say to my best friend and, mm-hmm. or, you know, we're going around, we're going to a play date and, um, you know, my kid's not going to be able to eat the eat the snacks because mm-hmm. they're, you know, they have the G-tube. So they're not right. even able to um, participate in that type of thing. And I don't want to be uh, feeling left out or have to explain and what should I do? So.
1: Yeah. And our family to- our family's been so great because like on Easter or, you know, if there's an occasion where they'd be getting a treat for all the other kids in my family are the cousins. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my sister-in-law or my mother-in-law have said like, Hey, I know Finn can't have a Rice Krispie treat. You know, what could he have? Could he eat this? Could he eat that? And so, you know, they just go out of their way to try to make him feel included. He's not really aware, you know, he wouldn't (laughs) realize that, you know, he didn't get a snack, but I really, you know, as a parent, you just appreciate you appreciate people thinking of your kid and, um, Yeah, and I was thinking back to what you said about people feeling more comfortable, like, coming out, whereas, you know, when I was growing up, I don't really remember meeting that many kids with disabilities, Mm -hmm. like – on the playground or even at church or school, you know, at school they right. were always in a separate classroom. Yeah. Um, but I think like with some of the changes and schools becoming more inclusive, some churches becoming more inclusive, but then I think like social media is a big part yeah. of people feeling more comfortable coming out because I feel like that has been such a powerful tool to raise awareness. And so I've encouraged parents too, like, Hey, if your kids, you know, read a children's book and they're introduced to a feeding tube and they want to learn more about it. You can go into Instagram and follow kids who have feeding tubes right. and watch their stories. And then your kids get that extra reinforcement of like, oh, these right. really are just regular kids. Like, yeah. this, you know, they're they're playing in their backyard just like right. I play in my backyard. Or, yeah. Like Hang I feel on. like seeing I feel like seeing a real kid and, you know, getting to watch just kind of their everyday life right. um, makes it even less, you know, unfamiliar to our kids. It just gives them more comfort. And so I do think social media is another really great tool for, you know, introducing our kids to these differences and as adults learning about these differences as well. Yes. And I
0: think that um, just, hmm, what do I want to say, being more inclusive, social media allows families, other adults to see like, what can I do that's the question I always pose to people. If you don't have a child that has, I was about to say, have IEP, But uh, <laughs> you know, that's always in my mind. Yes, if you don't have a child that has a disability, then this is also your um, responsibility. If you believe that the world should be and, your, and our community should be more inclusive, mm-hmm. because it can't just be me and you. Of course, we're like we those we have our sons, we yeah. have our they have siblings. We want everyone to. <laughs> Uh, uh behave appropriately so we don't have mm-hmm. to go mama bear on them No, Well, <laughs> so they don't, you know, say anything inappropriate. We want them to be loved cuz they have so many wonderful like characteristics and they're mm-hmm. just fun kiddos. Yeah. Um we want like you know everyone to see that like you don't have to be afraid of um down syndrome. You don't have to be afraid of autism mm-hmm. um and other differences. So I think that that is um important for families that feel comfortable to say these are the things that you can do in your community and mm-hmm. in your church and in your school, um, to, to help. Yeah. Right. Like you aren't seeing these things. I didn't think to ask those questions when I was going to school. Yeah. I didn't start in special education until 2008. I had been a general education teacher before that. And I was just like, why didn't nobody tell me like mm-hmm. I could on this grave? I could have been on this train. Um, yeah and change things around um, before that. I just didn't, I just didn't know. And I think um, being in separate classrooms Mm -hmm. um, and at church, lots of churches, um, it's difficult if they don't have the proper, maybe sensory rooms or the Mm -hmm. proper teachers to take care of those types of things. And then parents don't feel comfortable going or can't go um, because they don't have those types of services available. And it's just the same thing that we're talking about. We just you you don't see them. So yeah. you can't interact with them or even be like, well, what is this? And, oh, I I want my kid to be friends. They, like We like the same things. Me and Ellie, we both like Starbucks and we're going to bring all our kids and we're going <laughs> to go to the park and all have Starbucks together. You can't make yeah. those connections if they're in a classroom or they're in a separate part of the church or in a separate part of the school or a separate part of the community. They have their own sports teams and things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, we're going to be having the same thing, the same conversation that we're having now. Like we just never, we just didn't see it. Yeah, so that's awesome that you did your book to, <laughs> to at least have, um, have, it repre- have, it, have it represented have it represent it. Yeah, in a way.
1: and w- with what you said, I feel like I would encourage parents because I know I am the type of person who. I don't want to offend anyone. And so if there's a risk of offending someone, I probably just won't do it. And so Mm -hmm. I know for me, if there was a child in my daughter's class who used a wheelchair, I might be nervous to ask like, hey, do you want to come over for a play date? Because we have steps in our house. You know, like our Mm -hmm. house isn't wheelchair accessible. um, And so then maybe I just wouldn't ask. And so I would encourage parents like, don't worry about those details. Like those parents and that child are used to living in a world though. They shouldn't have to be, they're used to living in a world where not every place is accessible to them. So Mm -hmm. they know how to make it work. And if they Mm -hmm. can't come to your house, they'll say, Oh, what if we met up at a playground or what if we met up at, you know, the zoo or, you know, some other place. And so don't, don't not ask. Don't, don't not initiate because you're worried about offending. You know, I think those families always appreciate the invitation. And, you know, if there are children who are in your child's classroom, but maybe they spend most of the time in a separate room, you know, if you're inviting your whole kids, you know, their entire class to a birthday party, like extend an invitation to that child too. Maybe they won't be able to come. Maybe their parent won't feel comfortable with that. But maybe they'll be able to. And that's a point of connection that they wouldn't otherwise have, but that also your children wouldn't have had yeah. otherwise. And I think it's important for all parents to realize, like, yes, it's important for our kids with disabilities to be included, but it's also important for kids who don't have yeah. a disability and who don't have siblings with disabilities to right. be around kids with disabilities. Like, it's not it's not a one-way thing. Like, it benefits everybody when we have inclusion. Yeah. And so – um, so, yeah, I would, I would just encourage parents, like, don't be worried about offending. Just extend the invitation. Just right. ask, and, you know, it will always be appreciated.
0: Yes. Birthday parties was a big deal. Lots of tears <clears throat> when talking to parents. Um, that's a big deal, you know, yeah. kids not be invited to birthday parties. So I'm sure they would be able to work it, figure it out or work it out, or even just the invite. It might not be able to um, happen. I know, I had a medically fragile student who, because he was medically fragile, there was Mm -hmm. going to birthday parties or couldn't have any home. That's why he was at home, getting taught at home. But we still invited him to the the stuff and we'd show him like, this is the birthday parties and these are the things that we are doing in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And um, we're really good friends with their family today and they just still like appreciated it. Yeah. Um, Cause like we kept well, it, it, we showed him, we talked to them about it and yeah. put them in the, you know, in the pictures and things like that. That is important. Just yeah. even the invite, even if they have that, have the parents decide if that's something that they can or can't do, but right. not have that as a parent. You're like, my baby's never going to be invited to, you know, possibly never be invited to a birthday party. That
1: Yeah, that's so hard. That's so hard. It's really hard, and I feel like now with Zoom, like if you had a kid who would want to attend but is medically fragile, can't be around yeah. other kids, like I feel like now technology has opened up a lot of ways. Yeah,
0: I never Thought about that?
1: Yeah, I, know I don't do know. A reel about that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you can do a real about it. You, it. it. you can That's do
1: it. You can do it. Good idea. <laughs>
0: I didn't even think about that. We didn't yeah. have that back in the day.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. But I feel like, you know, this this That's pandemic easy. has obviously been negative in many, many, many yes. ways. But I feel like that has opened a lot of opportunities for, you know, families who do have a child who, you know, maybe they're immunocompromised or, you know, yes. just can't physically be there. Um, yeah. You should make a reel I'm, about it. I think people would like to learn about, about that. I didn't even think about that.
0: <laughs> it just always chokes me up. I don't know whenever I talk about birthday parties and I'd be like, oh. Cause I know friends um, yeah. that that have happened to, and they have said like our kids party, birthday parties are the only birthday parties that their kids have gotten invited to. Yeah, And we have really good birthday parties, so they're not missing out on <laughs> you know, much because they're pretty yeah. epic. But I'm like, that is
1: that way. It shouldn't be that get, way. Right. Get yeah. Right. It's
0: just Like some of the simple joys of um, parenthood, that I definitely um, didn't realize I was taking for granted, but once we um, adopted Josiah, um, I, whoo, I get I get a little choked up. <laughs> I, um, just, just didn't know it. Just different. My thoughts of what friendships and things like that would look like for him, especially when he wasn't speaking, because. It, it was difficult for him to communicate you know yeah and how would how would that look what would that look like at school and i feel like i have a good background right to yeah. figure those things out but my mommy heart was like i don't
1: how is yeah it's so different being on the mom side versus a professional side it's yeah. just like yeah it's a really different yeah. experience
0: what if somebody you know yeah um all those thoughts um even though we can um prepare of course and do those things um, and he has you know really tall siblings so nobody even thinks about <laughs> mistreating Josiah um, It still like just runs through my head like all, all a lot more than, yeah. more than it more than it probably should and um, we have a great support system too but they are still like that thought like well is he going to be able to like invite him Who's going to be able, who's going to be inviting him to a birthday party? Yeah. Those are like little, little things. Like, is he going to have his own little group of friends and things like that? Um, So this is always so close to my heart. I feel like I'm starting all over again. Well, I am because he's only in kindergarten. Right. <laughs> um, with this whole, you know, play, play dates and party, birthday parties and yeah. sports teams and all that stuff. So, yes, ask. Um, there is a kid, there's a kid and there's a family that's at your at your kids' school that is um sounding just like me, yeah, <laughs> just like you, waiting for you know, a chance to um just participate in something that we all have taken for granted before, such as a birthday party or a play yeah. date. Yeah or just mommy, let's go grab a let's go grab a Starbucks and hang out at the park for a mm-hmm. minute. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've told parents like, um, because I've had people ask me, like, how do we, you know, how do we make our church more accessible or or how do we how do we do inclusion? And I think obviously the invitation is the first thing. But then, you know, just like making it as easy as possible for the other parent, like just realizing like to get out the door with kids is hard anyway but when you have a kid who you need to bring oxygen and a feeding tube and a feeding pump and you Mm -hmm. know you got to bring all these extra things or maybe a child who has you know uh sensory sensitivities and it's hard to get them dressed and to get their shoes on and just get them out the door and in their car seat like just being really empathetic and aware like It's hard to get out the door with kids. It's harder to get out the door with kids who have special needs. And so do anything you can to make it as easy as possible. Like if you're at church and you, you know, have someone who's uses a wheelchair and it's hard to get it all out of the car. Like, can you have someone just go park their van? Can they pull their car up right in front of church and, you know, have someone park the van, like remove any obstacle you can because, you know, it's already hard just to get there to begin with.
0: Absolutely, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I know this isn't supposed to be about me. Sorry, sorry, podcast people out there. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Um, the time constraints. You'd be like, we have to get out. Um, you know, services at this time, and that was just. we like, we're just, we're just not going to go. We're just not going to yeah. go today because yeah. we can't. find His shoe. He's having a meltdown. It's going to be too much. That is a real good um, point that you brought up when um, churches and making it as easy as possible because it yeah. is difficult to get out the door. Just having three kids and you have three under You four, three and 18 months.
1: Yeah, and we just barely missed the whole three under three thing. <laughs> we were like 11 days late.
0: <laughs> Ours were well, we have 17, 15 and 12. So I remember the day there was five, three under five at one point, And yeah. then we have when we have Joe. So it gets easier now that they're they're so much older than Josiah now, then it's like yeah. oh, we, can, we can have five more of these. And I was like, Absolutely not. Maybe the parents were like, is that your grandma? No, that's my mom. <laughs> Cause he's only six and we're we're forty five. It's okay. So I like the <laughs> points that you're bringing up. I didn't think about um, the obstacles of getting to a church service. Yeah. If you well, have all the, all the medical um, equipment that you have, or if you have a wheelchair or I do know about the sensory needs, but I never thought about really addressing how to make that easier to get to the places.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't ever think of it. So, Shortly before Finn was born, we actually started a special needs ministry at my church, you know, with like buddies who could be a buddy in the class. And we had like a sensory room and stuff. And so in my mind, I was not yet like a special needs parent. I didn't have firsthand experience. My thought was like, how can we make it as easy as possible for people Mm -hmm when they're at church was, Mm -hmm. which is important. Like how can we make it so that their kids can be in the classroom and parents Mm -hmm. can stay in the service? What support Mm -hmm. can we give? Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I had Finn and he had feeding tubes and, you know, just oxygen and all this extra stuff that I realized like, Oh, like half the battle is just getting there to begin with, Mm -hmm. you know? And so Mm -hmm. I, I just think it's something that you just don't realize it until you're already, you're in that situation.
0: Right. My brain, my brain is spinning <laughs> with ideas. Like that, just opened up a whole new like. Just getting there is this is half the battle. Yeah, say? just getting there is half the battle. Hmm. Yeah, going to have to be pondering that with our with our <laughs> church too. Bring that up to them. I, I'm making a note to myself to bring that up to our <laughs> church. We do have a special needs ministry at our church, also, but. Never thought about getting there. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting there.
1: Yeah. Was- I mean, I hadn't either until it was hard to get to church.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was hard to get to church. Yeah. Oh, so good. This has been such a great conversation. I'm sure I could um, go on and on and on. Um, I think we'll have you back to talk about <laughs> adoption and how that, um, how people can maybe get involved in those different um organizations or how can we be more involved in that? I'm very tied to that community too, because it's, yes. um, I'm sure you know, but kiddos that have special needs, um, are at the bottom of the yeah. list yeah. to get adopted. And then if they're male, that takes them all the way down again. And if they're yeah. African-American yeah. little boys and they're at the very end, which was yeah. where my son was, um, at the end of the chain of getting adopted. So
1: yeah. 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 I would love to talk more about adoption for sure. Yeah,
0: I would love to, too. There's some great, there's some, th- some great families and kiddos that don't know that they are to be together yet. Yes.
1: Yes, <laughs> so, definitely
0: getting out there. Well, I want you to let everyone know how can they get image bearer? Where can they find you on the internet? Um How can they get your book and your merch?
1: <laughs> yes. Um, well you can order Image Bearer. It's not on Amazon or anywhere like that yet. It's just on my website. So it's www.imagebearerbook.com. Um and if you go to my Instagram page, you'll be able to find it really easily in my bio. Um, but my my page on Instagram is image bearer book. So kind of all the same thing on Facebook. It's image bearer book. So if you type in image bearer book on any platform, you should be able to find me. Um, and yeah, you can just order right through my website and, um, yeah, I'll, I'll ship it to you.
0: (laughs) And I'm going to put it in my notes for everyone that's driving or listening to the podcast while you're taking a run. Um, I'll type up the notes for the whole podcast and you'll be able to, I'll put a link um, there also. So you can go ahead and click on the book and get the conversation started at your home and school and community, thank you so
1: much for um coming on. yeah, thanks, Marquisha. I love talking to you. This was yeah, so good
0: this was great i you know my i i am we're gonna be connecting after this got, <laughs> we have work to do now
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Thank you so much again. Tell the kiddos we said hi, and I will tell Josiah and others.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: thank you. See you later. Bye. Okay,